I encourage you to to follow along with me in Luke chapter 2. We are in chapter 2, verses 8 through 12 this morning. We're in the Songs of Advent series. We've seen the hope of Zechariah. We've seen the peace that is announced by the multitude of heavenly hosts, actually just right after our reading this morning. We've seen the joy of Mary, right, this new mother. We've seen the love of Simeon who takes Jesus up into his arms as Jesus gives him peace in Jerusalem. And now we turn to Jesus, the the object of the announcement of the angel of the Lord in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. We read, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping their watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this announcement. We thank you for the, 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 the profound nature of the announcement of what is so common, a birth. Lord, the, the breaking and the transformation, what is common to every single one of us of experienced birth, and yet the breaking in of God with us that is singular, truly unique in all of history, God with us in the flesh. Lord, I thank you for preserving this word to us of the angel of the Lord. I pray that you would shine, that the gospel, the good news of great joy would shine in our hearts to give us joy as we celebrate this morning. Thank you, Lord. We pray for your work, your spirit present in each one of our hearts, even as you gather with your church around the world today, that you would gather to us that you would work in us, and that you would be with us according to your own promise and purpose to bring us change and bring us to yourself as has so clearly your redemption design. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're going to simply walk through the angel's announcement. It's very simple. It's very straightforward, but worth our pausing and hearing each one of the words. I've already given you the sermon outline this morning. As we read it together, the sermon outline is the text, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Fear not, the angel of the Lord begins. Fear not. Now, now you got to go back and, and recognize that this isn't just an angel who shows up and starts saying fear not. He shows up in a particular place at a particular time to a particular people. These people were shepherds, right? They are a people who spend their nights in the wilderness, in the dark. They are not unaccustomed to what is taking place on this night when the angels appear and their first words are fear not. They say that to a people who protect dumb sheep from literally wolves, bears, lions, in the darkness. That's what shepherds do in the dark. Who in the world is going to tell those people, fear not? 
And they're the most fearless people there are. It would seem what could possibly cause fear in these men. We're actually told it. Look at verse 9 with me. Angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And when the glory of the Lord shines, they are filled with great fear. The angelic light of this messenger from God, the light of the glory of God that surrounds the messenger of the Lord is what causes fear, the sort of light that comes from the glorious presence of God. I'm reminded of a passage from Matthew that's actually a quotation of Isaiah 9, and it goes like this. The people dwelling in darkness, right, have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. There's an image taking shape for us. I think it's an image that is purposefully in the text for us, that Isaiah helps us to understand that with the appearance of the glory of the Lord in this dark shepherd's field, the night during which these shepherds watch over the flock is more than a simple third shift. It's an image for us this morning. It's an image for us of those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death from Isaiah 9. These shepherds are literally dwelling in darkness. And on that day, when the angel of the Lord appears, they see a great light. Friends, this morning, that remains true. We do not dwell in the heavenly places. We do not dwell in glorious light. But the angel of the Lord has come directly from the halls of heaven and the radiance of the glory of the Lord still shines about him. And this is unnatural for us. This is not our way of being. The, the, the dwelling in glorious splendor and light, light is not our ways. It's foreign to us. And we should not be afraid that when we encounter the Lord and the beings who dwell in his presence, we're right to be afraid. But thanks be to God, the first words out of the angel's mouth are, fear not. And you're like, okay, you can say that all you want. But this is a simple reality. Just saying the words, fear not, don't make me not afraid. The Lord is holy. Shepherds, we are not. Our singular hope comes not just with the announcement of fear not, our hope comes when what the angels come to announce is salvation. See, we often pass over the next word. These little words in Scripture are often the most profound words. Fear not, for behold. That's an instruction to the shepherds and to us. For those who dwell in darkness, the light appears. Now, literally, think about how this works. For those dwelling in darkness, light appears. What do you do? Well, the light is the one place that people who dwell in darkness can't look, right? It's very practical. It's very real. Light, the, the light that is the very means by which we can see, and yet, for those who are accustomed to darkness, glory is blinding. But the angel of the Lord says, Behold, look where you can't look. 
see the glory that is not the darkness where you dwell. And the angel calls for attention. The shepherds, they're, they're filled with fear, but the angel calls them to look at him and hear his announcement. This morning, we have a, a news of glory that is not like how your yesterday went. Isn't like how your Christmas season went. Isn't like the trials, the sufferings, the exhaustion, or even the greatest happiness that you've had in the last month. It's a different way. And the call of the angel to us this morning is, behold, the object of their fear brings them news of their hope. It reminds me of the Father's words to the disciples in the Mount of Transfiguration, the glorious shining of our Savior as he reveals his glory to his disciples. The word of the Father is, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Behold him. We're not called to look away from the light that exposes our darkness. We're not to look away from the glory of God, but to turn to God because there's an announcement to be made. So, so far, the angels have said, fear not. And they're like, okay, why not? And so far, they've said, behold. And they say, we can't. Is there any news? You see, to behold the glory of the Lord as a people who dwell in darkness is not our way. Our guilt as sinners before the Lord is a simple and desperate reality. Our guilt is sure. Our guilt is true. But you know that even if you're able to stand up and say, yes, it's true. My guilt is a simple reality. Even if you're able to confess your guilt before the Lord, we will inevitably hide our face in shame, right? And that, you see, shame is a, a matter altogether different. Shame has never been the right response before a holy God. Confession is a right response before a holy God. But before this holy God, we are guilty. But the way of the Lord has always been that even sinners are to turn to him, not away. The, the call is to repent and believe, not to confess and hide. But that's our way. It seems utterly foolish. Will we, who confess that we are guilty before a holy God, not be utterly consumed by the infinite holiness of our God? He is, after all, a consuming fire. And that would be so. You know that, right? That would be so, and it would be right, and it would be good. Not for us. But it would be righteous. But for the steadfast love and unending mercy of our God. That's why the psalmist teaches us in Psalm 34, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. He is holy, it's true. We are sinners lost in darkness, it is true. The angel of the Lord comes with news of mercy and peace. And this is also true true. It's what the text says is good news of great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. News. The angel brings good news, and so what is announced is nothing less than gospel joy. If it's good news of great joy, it's gospel 
joy. The gospel is news. It's the announcement that the king of creation, the just judge of all that has been made, it is his announcement of how he has chosen to deal with the age-old and persistent rebellion at work in mankind. Which brings me to a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes and explanations of the gospel. John Piper presents this angel as a sort of medieval herald making his announcement in a town square. And it goes like this. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. All rebels, insurgents, dissidents, and protesters against the king, hear the royal decree. A great day of reckoning is coming, a day of justice and vengeance. But now hear this, all inhabitants of the king's realm, amnesty is herewith published by the mercy of our sovereign. A price has been paid. All debts may be forgiven, all rebellion absolved, all dishonor, pardon. None is excluded from this offer. Lay down your weapons of rebellion, kneel in submission, receive the royal amnesty as a gift of imperial love. Swear fealty to your sovereign and rise free and happy subjects of your king. Good news of great joy. But you know, the, the thing is, I love that image. I love that image. I, I like that time period. I like thinking about kings and knights and heralds and, and all the rest. But what we have before us this morning is an even greater announcement. You see, the angel of the Lord does not stand in the light of a town square in the hopes that rebels hiding in crooked alleys and darkened corners of the city would crawl out of their hiding. The angel of the Lord brings his light into the dark night to make an announcement. He goes where the rebels are hiding. The angel announces good news of great joy. Is there greater news than the announcement of our release from the captivity of sin and death? We who are right to be afraid of the glorious light of God are drawn into the warmth and splendor of its grace. We should be afraid. And he says, fear not. This light isn't the fire that consumes. It's the fire that forgives and will warm and keep you and bless you in keeping you in peace forever. And this announcement, this good news of great joy will be for all people because the angel of the Lord has stepped into the deepest darkness. His announcement is for all people, for all who will behold, for all who will turn and look from the darkness to the light, for all who will confess their guilt, for all who will not hide their shame, for all who will await good news of great joy, those who are close by. I mean, literally, the announcement is for all people, and most immediately, the, the shepherds in the field watching their flock by night, right? They're just doing their job like they've always done, living in the land of darkness, in the shadow of death. Death literally peering from the woods that would be around them in the wilderness. And a light breaks in. Nearby, there's a young husband. He's in a manger. 
he's a new adoptive father. He didn't get to name this child of his wife. And he's perplexed over the circumstance of his wife's pregnancy. Yes, he has word from an angel, but come on. Good news for that young husband. A young woman just gave birth to her first child under the most abnormal of circumstances. And this is good news for all people, including Mary. What about those who are far off? The owner of the rooms who rejected hospitality to Mary and Joseph and the unborn child who is with them. Never mind that it's Jesus the Christ. He sent a pregnant woman and her husband off from the inn. There's no room there. Is there good news for him? What about Quirinius? We're told about him at the beginning of the chapter. Quirinius, the governor of Syria. Is it possible that he dwells in darkness and this glorious light could be good news for him? What about Caesar Augustus, the subjugator of the Israelite people? What if he turned, saw his darkness, and and beheld the light? Would it be good news for him? Is this good news a light of revelation for the Gentiles and glory for the Lord's people, Israel? And those gathered today, what about the pastor? Is it good news for him? Or does he not need news like that? I mean, he's a pastor and all. What about the adults and the children? Is it good news? For you? Is anyone excluded from the announcement? Oh, here's one. I've got one. I got it. Finally. What about sinners? What about sinners? Maybe they're excluded from this announcement. Maybe the maybe sinners. But what if the whole point of this announcement is everyone who has been named from Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and you and me? are the sinners for whom this announcement comes. Maybe the reason many like thinking about lights and trees and cookies and Christmas more than they like thinking about Christ is because the Christ of Christmas came to save sinners like me. The angel announces good news for shepherds watching their flock by night. The announcement of the good news of great joy, the gospel, is an announcement that breaks into the night. The circumstances of the announcement are an aid to us. The word of salvation that the angel of the Lord brings is good news for a people who dwell in darkness, sinners like you and like me. The question that remains for us is, are you willing to admit that you are that sinner for whom the announcement has come? Not you, you, are you that one? Will you turn and behold, no longer fear in either a rejection and a hiding of your guilt or your shame, but turn and receive and behold. This is great joy. This is the gospel. It's an announcement for sinners. Is there anyone that is excluded? Well, there is only, only those who are excluded from the joy of this announcement are those who don't need it. For those who say, I don't need rescue, it is those who do not, will not behold the good news of the gospel, who will, turn, will not turn their gaze from the darkness of their sin to behold the glory of salvation. Only those who do not receive the good news with faith 
Only these are left in fear, and only these are left in darkness once the announcement of amnesty has passed. There is a season to hear. There is a season to behold. We are in that season now, and it will pass away. For some who are young here, I'll let you figure out if that's you or not. (laughs) For some, Christmas is new, and it's fresh. And you're wondering, is this going to be one of the pastor's 45-minute sermons? (laughs) And you're excited. But for others, you've seen many Christmases. And they've come, and they've gone, and pastors have gone on and on about good news for sinners like you. You've heard the announcement of salvation, and you've let that announcement pass year after year, countless times only to turn your attention again to the things of this world. I call you this morning, this Christmas morning, not to let the season of the herald, the announcement that has come into our darkness, don't let it pass another year. This is the year to receive good news of great joy because the news is all about Jesus. For unto you is born this day a city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, You see, Jesus is the maker of all things. He's the king of all things. He's the Lord of all things. He's the king of kings, Lord of lords. But when Jesus comes to us, he comes to us as savior of all things. He has the right to rule over you. You. To judge you. And if that's how he comes, you and I both would be rightly condemned. But Jesus was born with an announcement, a different decree, an announcement not of judgment, but of salvation. You, for you. Jesus was born to do the work that makes the announcement of of the gospel possible. He's the Savior that makes the good news of great joy secure, not only possible, but secure for all who believe. Jesus, God the Son, became man. He was born under the weight of the law, not just flesh, but he was born under the weight of condemnation if he is not perfect. So he lives the perfect life. And he dies the perfect, sufficient, sacrificial death in the place of sinners. And he rises because he is the perfect one. Death could not hold him. And so we gather this morning, not because it's Christmas, but because he's alive. He is the resurrected God. He who took on flesh rose up in the flesh and we worship. And he will return for those who have placed their faith in him. Is that you? Today we celebrate the birth of our Savior, but in our celebration service, the center of our celebration is not a birth, but a death and a resurrection. It's true that today is Christmas Day, but it is all the more gloriously true, enduringly true, that this is the Lord's Day, Resurrection Sunday. That Christmas Day is on a Sunday is not something to be lamented. It's a blessed reminder that Christ has come to save sinners like me. His coming is good news of great joy for all people. And he's gathered us to himself to worship his name. 
having seen the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus in the Scriptures, we can join the angels who appear. They hear this news from heaven, and they come in a multitude of heavenly hosts to sing glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Heavenly Father, we are already blessed to have heard an announcement like this, but there is no blessing that would remain if we do not behold and receive it with faith. Lord, I pray for everyone that you would work in every one of our hearts to rekindle our faith, to enliven our faith, or to give the gift of faith today that we would not linger another year, but we would hear and receive and we would worship glory to God in the highest who has saved a sinner like me. Thank you, Lord, for making us your church by your grace. And so we pray in your name, in the name of the glorious one, our redeemer, our savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord. We pray, amen.